We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, now sponsored by Cooperage Brewing in Santa Rosa. That's a pretty cool thing. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we have a lot to get to from the 49ers 27-7 win over the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to say I was going to give a take, but I'll save it. Let's get Chris in here and let's talk about Trey Lance and the Niners. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. All right, before we start, the Cooperage sponsorship is finally official. Yeah, it is. So this podcast for the next few months of this football season is sponsored by Cooperage as an official presenting sponsor, which is really cool. Obviously, they make the beer, Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA, uh, which came out last week. I'm going to have a pint while we record this. Oh, yeah. It kind of feels like one of those days where like, yeah, let's have a beer. (laughs) Weird game. That might have been the weirdest Niner game I've ever watched. It was such so, a weird day. Just so let's, overall. Let's, okay, so the Trey Lance injuries, obviously, that's the elephant in the room. We'll get there. <clears throat> but there's that. And then there's the it just micro. The micro of this is the Niners needed to bounce back and dominate a worse team. And they did. That there was never a point where that game fell out of hand. And that's good. Like, that's good news. That's 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 a good thing. And I'm sure we'll get there at some point later in the week. But the Trey Lance injury is what matters. What matters right now. If you've been living under a rock, which if you're listening to this podcast and I'm breaking this news to you, let me know (laughs) because I have questions. Trey Lance broke his ankle on a on a run play up the middle. He got kind of bent backwards. Foot got caught in the ground. He had to get an air cast. He was carted off very quickly, ruled out with an ankle injury. Shanahan said after the game, he was having season ending surgery on Monday. So his season's over. 
Jimmy Garoppolo came in. He was Jimmy Garoppolo in the Niners. I'm doing the Niners post game show on 95.7 The Game. And if I took 20 calls after the game, 19 of them want Kyle Shanahan fired tomorrow. Like, there was somebody who's never watching the team again as long as he's the head coach. <laughs> there are people who were like, don't let him, don't let me see him. Like, like they're going to throw hands. There's talks of active sabotage because he actually wanted Garoppolo to play the whole time. It was wild. So, where do you, where where are you where where are you where what's where what what what's your what's your thoughts? First of all, injuries suck. They're easily the worst part of football. Um, and I would say any sport, <laughs> any sport, but football in particular, injuries right. suck. Um, you feel horrible for Trey Lance because you know all the work that he put into um, trying to piece together a good NFL career, right? All the work he does in the offseason, everything he's gone through to try to make himself a better player to finally take over as a starting quarterback. So you feel for the guy. Um, I do blame Kyle Shanahan to a certain extent. I don't know that this is necessarily a fireable offense. Um, and I'm obviously not going to like throw hands with them um, if I see him in the streets or whatever. But I think it's perfectly fair to criticize the way Kyle Shanahan utilizes Trey Lance. And I think it's a deeper discussion beyond just like the types of runs that he gets Lance to run like quarterback power. The difference between quarterback power and even a quarterback draw and say the things, the, the zone read stuff that Colin Kaepernick was doing in those zone reads, Colin Kaepernick could run to space, right? Like the, the design of those runs is to create space via deception, right? You make a defensive end choose, and if he chooses the running back, you have space, and then you could run into space away from the middle of the field off the edge. Mm -hmm. In quarterback power, it's much more plotting, and you're basically running to where everybody already is. Right. Right? So what happened on this run, and it was a zone read, but it was an inside run, and then you have a defensive lineman collapse on Trey Lance's legs while he gets popped pretty hard by a linebacker. Yeah. I was at the game today and it was like, I thought he was concussed because you just, I just saw him grab, it, grab his head. Yeah. Um, And I was like, oh man, that's not great. Trey Lance is concussed potentially. And then the cart came out. I've honestly, I've covered the league since 2013. I've never seen a cart come out faster. Yeah, that's what they go to break. So where I'm my vantage point watching on TV, they go to break. And I saw the same thing you did, him grabbing his head. And I go to Twitter and it was like immediate carts out. Yeah, the cart so was I'm out. I'm thinking neck, back, like. I mean, you when when you saw the visual of his ankle after the fact, you're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. Right. right? And then he was in a car air cast immediately. Anytime you see an air cast and a cart come out to an NFL yeah. field, it's it generally indicates that there's a fractured leg or a fractured arm or something, something right. that needs to be stabilized. And obviously that's a season ender for Trey Lance, given it's his ankle. Trey Lance threw, th threw three starts in his NFL career is averaging over 12 carries a game. I would say roughly two thirds of those are designed runs. Mm -hmm. 
there were questions and there was even a story written by Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle this week about how sustainable it is to have Trey Lance running and taking the hits as much as he does. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because he doesn't slide, right? Like he slid in the preseason game and we all made a big deal about it because, whoa, we've seen, we finally seen Trey Lance slide. Like even Trey Lance said after that, that was the first time he's ever slid. Yep. So as inexperienced as he is playing quarterback, he's equally as inexperienced in uh, doing the things to make sure he can be healthy enough to play quarterback. Self-preservation. Self-preservation. He's as raw in self-preservation as he is as reading a defense and throwing a football. Yep. Right? So for Kyle Shanahan to run Trey Lance in all of those ways indicates to me that he doesn't trust Trey Lance as a passer to a certain extent. If you don't trust Trey Lance as a passer, then that is a much bigger question, a much bigger potential problem than the fact that you're doing those runs in the first place, right? Because ultimately, Kyle Shanahan has staked his tenure with the 49ers on Trey Lance. And in order for Kyle Shanahan to get to where he wants to go with Trey Lance, he has to develop him. He does not develop Trey Lance this season anymore because Trey Lance broke his ankle on a running play. So, yeah, there's an element of accidents happen in the league, and I totally get that. But there are reasons, too, why you don't play players in the preseason, why you hold guys out from practice. You take steps to ensure that your guys are healthy. When it comes to a running quarterback, especially one who doesn't know how to protect himself, which clearly Trey Lance doesn't, given he slid in a game once, in a mm-hmm. preseason game, right? You need to take the necessary steps to ensure that Trey Lance is going to be healthy, so you can develop him as a thrower, right? Because even last year, when he made his first start in Arizona, and he had 16 carries, I think you and I both said at the time, like, "Look, you want to have, you want to utilize his, his athleticism mm-hmm. for sure, but to make it the focal point of your running game, right, was nuts." That was nuts to me. That didn't make sense. Yeah. Right. And because he's not fast, like he's not explosive or fast like Kyler or Mm -hmm. Lamar. Mm -hmm. Right. He's not nearly as big as Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen is like stiff arming strong safeties. Right. You know what I mean? Like down to the Mm -hmm. ground. Trey Lance kind of plods and he's pretty deliberate and he's like always lowering his shoulder and he's not a small guy. He's 225 pounds, but he's not delivering punishment. He's, mm-hmm. he's not bigger than linebackers. Josh Allen is bigger than linebackers. That's why he can do it. Mm-hmm. And so for all these reasons, it's like, yeah, Trey Lance can do it. But I've always considered him more like athletically like Deshaun Watson in the sense that like, yeah, he's athletic, but you're not designing a bunch of runs for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And if you want to take this back to Colin Kaepernick, like Colin Kaepernick in 2013 averaged six rushing attempts per game some of those were scrambles surely some of them were design runs but it was mm-hmm. just six Trey Lance is at 12 mm-hmm. right even in 2013 it was just below six it was like 5.7 so like basically Trey Lance is running at double the rate of what Colin Kaepernick was and it's just through three games but now this three game sample is going to exist for another season and now Trey Lance's development is stunted because he broke his ankle 
And I think it's very fair to look at Kyle Shanahan and say, man, like you really needed to try preserving your quarterback um, and not dial up these runs as much as you have, because Mm -hmm. now you've delayed his development another year. And honestly, it's one of those injuries where it's like, who knows if he's ever the same? That's that's the ankle he pushes off of. Mm -hmm. So it's it's tough, man. It's it's really tough. I, I I understand, like I said, the element of just bad luck and accidents happen, but like. It wasn't like this came out of nowhere, this idea that like, hey, maybe you should protect Trey Lance. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe he shouldn't take so many hits. Maybe he shouldn't go head on against linebackers. And that's my that's so. My my quarrel is not so much. It's a little bit with the fact that they're calling QB power as much as they were. But. My bigger problem is a the lack of creativity that's there with that. Like they're running QB power on second and eight. What to get to third and five? Put give Tyreen Davis Price that carry then. Let him take that hit. Like that's what he's built for. That's what his position does. Let Kyle Uzcheck do that. Like there's not the the that play with Trey Lance is never going to go for forty yards. You could one of, Shanahan's, one of Shanahan's justifications after the game was, well, that was the same play Debo took for 50 yards. It's like, yeah, that's Debo Samuel. That's right. not Trey Lance. Like, they, they're not the same player. You could make an argument that they're already on the verge of too cute with how much they utilize Debo Samuel in the running game. Yes. And that, well, okay. And that's, that's where I think, okay, if you are going to run Lance, m- make that run to the outside, make it an option. Look like they, like they showed against the bears where they faked it to Debo. And then he ran the option with Elijah Mitchell, like do something like that, where he has a chance to slide or get out of bounds or just avoid a massive hit. But like you said earlier, when you're running QB power, where you're picking your way through the defensive line, and then you've got linebackers flying downhill, like you're asking for something bad to happen at that point. And I get that teams run it all the time and they don't have an issue with it, but that that leads to my second and more major problem. Is Shanahan said that Lance was brought in and when when he talked about his ideal quarterback and what it's you have to be able to throw it. You have to be able to play quarterback. And if Trey Lance was in such a place that the only way they were going to move the ball was via QB power, then maybe he wasn't ready yet. If that's what yeah. Shanahan felt their offense needed to be, like then this was always going to be a massive, massive risk whether it's an inside run, an outside run, or whatever. So my bigger beef is like, why are you not trusting Trey Lance to sit back and throw it? Through a quarter, he had as many designed runs as he had passes. You can't have that. That's not going to work. So that's my biggest question, is why was he not throwing it more? Because that's where he's supposed to be developing, right? Why was he not throwing it more? And if the answer is, well, didn't think he could move the ball that way, then maybe he shouldn't be a starting quarterback yet. Or at least be just given the team in the offseason without a competition. 
Yes. Right. That that none of it none of it really tracks to be yeah to I, I agree wholeheartedly and to be like yeah our we have Super Bowl expectations which we clearly have while we're also trying to develop a 22 year old quarterback if you don't feel comfortable with a 22 year old quarterback throwing it as much as you need to as you need him to throw it then a Super Bowl should not be your expectation you know what I mean like that that's it, you yeah, right right <laughs> you're right. not going to win a super bowl if you don't have a quarterback you don't trust to throw it right so and like so that to me i'm with you like i don't know how much time and i don't i, I don't want to do the thing where it's like practice running the ball less and spend more time in the passing but like there's an element of you know you need to get trey lance ready to throw the ball as much as needed because you're going to play Patrick Mahomes and Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, and you, there's a chance you fall down by three scores in the first half of a game, and you're going to need Trey Lance to pass 40 times. Right. Yeah. Like, you're trying to win the Super Bowl. You have to win those games, so you just need to throw your rookie in the deep end and do it. So that's that's the issue, is they wouldn't do that because they did want to compete for a Super Bowl. So by threading that needle that needle needed to be threaded via, okay, hey, Trey Lance is going to run the offense he ran in college. And he's going to run it a lot. Not run the offense, but run the football a lot. (laughs) And I don't think that there's no way that what he was doing was sustainable. Like, it never, it was never going to be. So that's, that's where when, when he gets back, like next year, the Niners need to get out of the idea of like, okay, this year, this is the year that we're going to compete for a Super Bowl. And also like, no, it needs to be all aboard the Trey Lance development train, especially now that he's another year behind. Do they bring Jimmy Garoppolo back? If he plays well, I don't think they're going to be able to afford to. If he plays well and some team is like, hey, Jimmy, we'll give you two and 60. Like, the Niners aren't giving him more than that. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see. And if they do, here's, here's my thing. Okay. Here's just for, forget the whole affording it. If they do, if they're like, you know what we need to keep, then trade Lance, like punt it, just be done with it. Because if you're going to try and bring him back, but it's also like, no, Jimmy's going to be the backup again. And then Trey's going to come in and we're going to try and do this thing again. And, He's still not where we want to be as a passer, so he's going to run it some more. But we have this really good backup, and you're just going to run it. You're you're going to run in the same problems. I would just have a competition. Um, I I mean I guess. But I mean, so if, if they win the if, Super Bowl with Jimmy, Jimmy's the starter next year, right? They bring him back I somehow. I guess. <laughs> I mean. I, if they win a Super Bowl, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But it, the point, the the key point is that it just complicates the future even further. Yeah. Because now it's like, all right, when's Trey going to be back? Is he mm-hmm. even going to be ready for training camp? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I had a buddy who broke his ankle, and obviously it's not the same injury, but I had a buddy who broke his ankle, and he couldn't, he did it uh, playing hockey, and he couldn't skate for a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just... I, I think Kyle Shanahan might have overrated how good Trey Lance was as a runner. 
because even like I thought he was good at the FCS level, but it was pretty clear after that Arizona game, even Mm -hmm. he wasn't Cam Newton. He wasn't Lamar. He wasn't Kyler. He's not Josh Allen. Like he just he can do it. But to me, he's the type of athlete where you're like, okay, you want to extend a play and scramble? Perfect. Mm -hmm. You want to move around the pocket and evade pass rushers and make throws on the run? Outstanding. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the type of athleticism that I think he has. And yeah, generally quarterbacks that athletic, you can dial up some run plays when you know they're going to create space. Mm -hmm. But none of these plays where Trey Lance is running the ball between the tackles is to space. It's to where all the defenders are Mm -hmm. leading to him taking linebackers head on. And then, you know, so like that to me is the issue. Like the zone read Kaepernick stuff, he never really felt at risk to injuring himself because he only did it a like half, half as frequent Mm -hmm. that Trey Lance has. And it was always on on the edges towards space where to Mm -hmm. your point, you could get out of bounds or you could slide under a linebacker. Like Kaepernick had a baseball background. He knew how to slide. Right. So it's, you know, I, I think that's where Shanahan aired. I, I think he just needed to, if you're going to get creative with the running game, like end it with how the way you use Debo Samuel and maybe sprinkle in one or two Trey Lance runs just to keep the defense honest when you're running zone read stuff. But to make Trey Lance the guy who leads your team in rushes in two of mm-hmm. his first three career starts, I think is the biggest mistake he's made. I agree. And like I said, if it was if it was born out of, hey, we think we can compete for a Super Bowl this way and eventually we won't have to run as much. But we do early on like. That's that was a that's just a that's a mistake in. Not even because he got hurt, but that's just not a good way to develop him. And if the game had if he had kept playing today. Was he going to throw it more than 12 times? They ran it 45 times. Yeah. That's so many. They they would have gotten upwards of 50 if, if Lance had stayed healthy. And the the thing that I think really sucks for Lance, because this is a this is for him catastrophic. This was an injury of any kind was going to be bad. An injury in week two, early in week two essentially means he's going to go into next year with nothing again. If he's not at square one, he's barely past it. And I thought today it's a, obviously a small sample, but he threw three passes. Um, two were on target. The other one he threw away under pressure and the one completion to Jeff Wilson defensive end bearing down on him. Uh, off his back foot, throws a seed on a slant, perfectly placed, really good throw, under pressure, something he struggled with in week one. And it's like, man, that I tweeted about it. I was like, that's tangible evidence of development yeah. between week one and week two. And now he loses 15 more games of that. If you go back to his last full season in 2019 at North Dakota State, Mm-hmm. And let's just say he's the opening day starter for 2023. It'll basically be four ga- four games in three years. He'll have mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. during the most important time of his football development. Yeah. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, yeah, it's tough. Like that was that's always been the biggest indictment of Trey Lance. It's like, well, it's his experience. He really hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I, I just think the inexperience part lends itself into his rushing just as much as passing. Like he never felt like a, per, a like a dynamic runner. He felt like a pretty good athlete at quarterback who could run. But I don't think defenses the more they watch Trey Lance play against Arizona and against Houston and, and against Chicago, they were mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, this is, this is Cam Newton 2.0. Like this is one of the best running quarterbacks in league history. Like, no, right. That was never made apparent. So I just think it was a mistake for Kyle Shanahan to use him. Like he was, I agree. So, I mean, you know, and it could have happened on any play. I, I do get that, but also like, there th- this is why teams just g- generally do not have their quarterback running between the tackles on yeah. purpose yeah it's um yeah you can get hurt on any play so i'm not going to drag Kyle Shanahan for the play call necessarily but the lack of creativity in the run game and just the it's it wasn't the play call itself it was just the amount of that that we've seen Right. And and Garoppolo gets in. He hasn't played since the NFC championship game. He's coming off a shoulder injury. And then it's fast, 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 fast. And then they have him slinging it all over the yard. <laughs> and it's like, that's fine. I get it. He's an eight year veteran. Shanahan knows what he can and can't do. But like that, 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 like next year needs to be the year unless Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl. But let's assume they don't. Next year needs to be a year, the year that they just rip the bandaid off and just to use your analogy, throw them into the deep end. And if they go five and 12, then they go five and 12. Uh, but at some point, if you're going to try and compete for a Super Bowl while bringing Trey Lance along, 
I think you're going to kind of continually run into the same problem because there will never be a point where you feel comfortable enough in the next year or two where it's like, okay, now, now we can, now we'll just let him drop back and let it rip. I just don't think that's ever coming unless you give him a full season of, Hey, go make your mistakes. We go to the playoffs. Great. If not, no big deal because this is about the next 10 years. The touchdown to Ross Dwelly. It's kind of funny because you're like, well, would would uh, Trey Lance have, have made that play? Because you're kind of thinking about that like as, as mm-hmm. the game goes. Does Trey Lance make the same play that Jimmy Garoppolo does? And it's hard to say, of course. But the touchdown to Dwelly was the same deep crossing route that he that Trey Lance completed to Brandon Ayuk in the first quarter of the week one game. Mm-hmm. And then later, his best throw of the day to Ray Ray McLeod. I forget which quarter it was, but I think uh, second or third. But same deep crosser, and then Jimmy hits Ross Dwelly wide open on that same deep, deep crosser. Mm-hmm. Like Trey Lance could have made that throw, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, so there's so it that's... sucks. It totally sucks. I was really looking forward to just seeing what it would be like to watch Trey Lance develop unencumbered now mm-hmm. as a starter. Um, and I just hate like you know I don't love. I'm a journalist, right? I try to be objective and I'm not like rooting for any particular things to happen aside from just everybody staying healthy. Right. Cause I just want, like, you just want to see what it looks like. So like all this discussion that we have is valid. Cause frankly, now with Trey Lance hurt, everything we've talked about for the last year, almost feels out the window. Cause it's we're like, back to right. where we were in 20, like time is a flat circle. <laughs> Yeah. We're just right back. Death taxes and Jimmy Garoppolo starting for the night. Yeah, you would hope like, you know, given we podcast three times a week and talk so much about Trey Lance and what we think is going to happen down the line. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, all right, we'll just kick this can down the road another year with a whole bunch of complicating factors instead of just being able to watch him play football and evaluate that. So <clears throat> there's two parts to this conversation, right? There's the Trey Lance part, but then there's just the 2022 49ers part. And it's like, this is why they kept Garoppolo. Yeah. Because they can win that game still today. And we can still look at it and go, yep. All right. Week one was weird. This is a good team. You feel good about them after week two. And their season's not over because their starting quarterback got hurt. I have a question. Okay. It's not quite full-blown conspiracy theory but it's sort of along the same path. Do you think Kyle Shanahan felt better about calling all those plays, the QB powers and stuff, because Jimmy Garoppolo is his backup? Yes. Yes, I do. Not that he was, I'm not saying like the crazies who are saying he sabotaged Trey Lance, but like if Brock Purdy's the backup, is Trey Lance making all these QB power runs and probably not quarterback draws? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, it would be lunacy if he was. If Brock, if if their entire season hinge on Trey Lance staying healthy and Brock Purdy was the backup with this quote unquote Super Bowl roster, mm-hmm. that would be complete backwana crazy, in my opinion. I agree. You said backwana. That's so funny. <laughs> Reminds me, Ventura, man, that's a good one. dude. So. The first one was way better than the second one. There are weird people who think the second Ace Ventura is better than the first. That's a bad take. It's a horrendous movie take. 
not to but that see again i hate that because that makes it seem like i'm anti ace ventura too i'm not anti because it has some very funny scenes but the first one is a far superior movie absolutely thousand percent (laughs) did you say guano no um (laughs) really really good uh yeah i just that's that's what's weird about this game is like Hey, the 49ers kicked the crap out of the Seahawks. Seattle's only touchdown came on a blocked field goal, which like. How do we think Kyle Shanahan does this? On like fourth down decision making. Because Garoppolo had a fourth and eight earlier in the game from like the Seahawks, like 38 or whatever it was. And they went for it. So the reason why. I would guess um, I was on the field pregame kicking to that South end zone. And that wind mm. was really, really tough. The wind was blowing from the South to the North. I see. Um, so that would have been what something like a 50, 50 yard kick. Sure. Into the wind. Right. And too short to punt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fine. But like fourth and goal from the two, they try a field goal. They try a 20 yard field goal to go from a three score game to a three score game. So the bigger, it was yeah, gonna go, it was going to go. No, there's no defending this. Don't try. I'm not it defending it. Go. I would say the bigger problem was Jake Brendel's snap on third down. That was the fumble. Yeah, right. And Ross Dwelly picked it up and they got uh, that totally. But it's fourth and goal from the two or the one or whatever it was. It's 20 to nothing. It's a three-score game. If they kick a field goal, it's still a three-score game. If you score a touchdown, now it's four and the game's probably over. But you do have to, like, if it's 23 points, you have to force them to make a couple two-point conversions. Okay. So you go for it and you get it and you're up four scores or... They're still down 20 and they need to go 99 yards. Look, I agree with you. I'm, I I'm just that team go would, for it. I'm, I'm generally team go for it. It's and this isn't just today. Shanahan's decisions on fourth down are baffling. Yeah, I, I agree. It with feels that. it feels very much like he goes based on vibes. Like <laughs> there's no math. There's no, hey, th- these are your chances at X and like here's your the win percentage change. If you go for it, if you don't, he's like, all about gut feel. That and that you can tell, you yeah. can very, very much tell because trying to get a grip on when he will and won't go is pointless. Yeah. Yeah, I would um, I would say that's one of the bigger indictments of Kyle Shanahan, regardless of who his quarterback's been, has yeah. been the fourth down decisions. Um. Yeah, that one was weird. He he joked about it to the guy to like the defense after the game, like making fun of the defense for not pitching the shutout, mm-hmm. even though the only points came on the field goal, which was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they score on third down and Brendel doesn't fumble, does like doesn't snap it off of his own leg or whatever he did, yeah, like that's you know maybe that's a touchdown. And but I mean the the, the bigger point, they win twenty seven seven, and you know. It was probably more like a 20-23-7 type game. The the last touchdown came late. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo, I still think the Niners can be pretty good. Yeah, that was the whole thing about him coming back. 
It's like, man, if he has to play, you still feel good about him. Yeah. And he looked like Jimmy Garoppolo today. Like he missed a couple easy throws. He had a couple knockdown at the line. He made some really good throws. He was aggressively pushing the pushed ball downfield. Pushed it down the field a couple times. That was wild. He's probably tired of hearing that. I mean, if yeah, you're Jimmy but... Garoppolo and you just lost your job in large part because they're like, well, they want a bigger arm guy who can push it downfield. And Jimmy comes in, he's just chucking it. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, I mean, and good for him. Like they they need that. And if that's the kind of quarterback he's gonna play, then you feel better about their offense. But I also think Seattle might be really, really bad. And they were banged up in the secondary. <clears throat> they had to start, I think like three rookies in the secondary. Is that right? But they they're beat up. They didn't game plan for Garoppolo. So I'm not ready to say they're going to go in and, and like blow out the Broncos. But like, do I feel worse about their chance to win a Super Bowl today? No. Yeah, I honestly. Trey Lance, obviously the ideal version of Trey Lance lifts the ceiling of the offense, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the ceiling of the offense is the same. Yeah, well, here's here's how I was trying to describe it, because. I saw, I think it was Cowherd had the take that's like, the Niners are a better team now. And it's like, yeah, I think that's actually right. I wouldn't push it, push back on that. But if Garoppolo is a six, I'm just picking, don't take offense if you think he's an eight. Let's say he's a six. Trey Lance is a four. The Niners goal was by the end of the year for Lance to develop and be better than a six come playoff time. Yeah, and exactly. And raise their ceiling in this year's playoffs. So yeah, right now they're probably better because they went from a four quarterback to a six. The problem is, is Garoppolo is a six and he's always going to be a six. Again, you mean you as a football player, as a football player, he's a dime as a person, <laughs> but as a quarterback, he's a six and that's just what he Jimmy's is. He's a dime as a person. But oh God. the, the hope was Lance could get to seven or eight by the end of this season mm -hmm. and now he's not so yeah the Niners in theory are better today than they than they were and I, I I don't think that's wrong but what we know now is they're not going to be better necessarily come week 18 yeah I kind of think too after shoulder surgery and after the thumb injury and everything like Jimmy Garoppolo is not likely going to be less injury prone now that you know he's on the other side of 30 now that he's had shoulder surgery i also saw him like i think he's skinnier i think he might be like five to ten pounds lighter than he was gotta like ask last year what's that you gotta ask barrows i'll ask barrows but that's just my suspicion sure. um and it would make sense given like you know if you're spending your off season rehabbing from shoulder surgery you're not doing the same lifting that you would do if you were completely healthy in your upper body. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he's a little smaller and there's risk in that, you know, I mean, we don't, we don't need to go through the risk of Jimmy Garoppolo being your quarterback. If you're trying to win a super bowl, but you do have a sense of stability in terms of like, all right, Jimmy, we, Jimmy knows these guys, Jimmy knows the offense. We know what we're going to get from Jimmy every day. Jimmy is much less of a question mark than Trey Lance. 
And so you don't really go into each game with the same anxiety of like, well, is he going to throw four picks today? Cause he just hasn't played a whole lot and they're going to run some things he's never seen before. Jimmy's seen just about all of it. Yeah. So that, I mean, that is a silver lining to this. Um, but the NFC, I think, is still wide open. Yeah. You know, Tampa's good. Green Bay's good. Nothing nothing has changed about the 49ers Super Bowl chances. Yeah, I agree. That's my, that's, that's my thought. I think they had a better chance of winning the Super Bowl with Trey Lance from a pure ceiling perspective. Like, it okay. would be, it would be super, okay. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's it's almost analogous to like assuming the light goes on sometime mid season. Yeah, and he just like okay, yeah. It's kind of analogous to like Alex Smith versus Colin Kaepernick in that sense. Like that's one thing about the situations that's eerily similar. It looks entirely different, but like one guy's stable, one guy's experienced, mm-hmm. the other guy's a complete wild card. But sometimes that wild card can be even better than than yeah. the experienced guy that you know. Um, but no, I mean, I still think, you know, I think the 49ers can win the division still. I haven't seen anything from the Rams that makes me think they're this juggernaut that they were last year. The Rams almost blew like a 30 point lead against the Falcons today. Yeah. That's... So, you know, Arizona's, I mean, somehow they won today, but I'm not really thinking that. I mean, who knows? You, you never know with them. But like Seattle doesn't look great. So they could absolutely win the division with Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. But the question is like, all right, say you do happen to make a run through the playoffs and say you do happen to go to the Super Bowl. You're just, you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback against Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever, if they right. even get that far, right. which is a massive if. Mm-hmm. But like, to your point, their expectations aren't really going to change because there probably isn't such a huge drop off from what Trey Lance was as a guy cutting his teeth as a starter for the first time versus super veteran experienced Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. The conversation is just so much more boring now. Like, what are we going to talk about next week? Like, why, oh why man, that so polarization was bad. <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Just back, back where we were, I guess. But the defense was really good. The defense was unreal. Talano Hufanga might just really be a dude. I think he's definitely a dude. Like, for sure. The Emmanuel Mosley interception. (laughs) The Emmanuel Mosley interception was, I think, a clean play. Like, there was contact, but I didn't think it had to be PI. I think he got position and hit him after he already had position so it wasn't like he was able to deflect that pass because of the leverage he had by pushing Mm -hmm. off on on Metcalf I think he beat him there he just happened to put his arm on him um it didn't have to be a a, but the point is like the defense was lights out and Ufaga caused a second pick in as many weeks yeah yeah shout out to the Tayshawn Gibson story has just really flown under the radar but it's kind of sneaky, super cool. <laughs> he gets just signed. like a street free agent comes and like plays well on like a really good defense. He gets signed the week before the last pre, not the Monday before the Thursday that was the preseason finale. 
plays almost the entire preseason finale, works his way onto the practice squad, and plays well enough in the 17 days between the preseason finale and the season opener to get the starting free safety job. That's amazing. And then yeah. he had a pick today. Yeah. That's uh, that's really damn cool. Uh, Nick Bosa, two sacks. He got credited with two. Drake Jackson gets needs to get half of one of those. Sure. I don't feel strongly about it either way. I to feel be honest. Very PFF. Strongly. I know PFF will give each of them a sack. They will that each come away with a sack because they don't. PFF doesn't do half sacks. So right. Um. Yeah. The defense was incredible. I was telling Nick like it felt like every snap the last drive of the second quarter when the Seahawks were trying to drive I was like okay Bose is getting him here Bose is getting him here Bose is getting him here and he, and he didn't first snap of the second half Bose gets him yeah I look Shout over out Nick, of I'm cannon. like I'm like told you <laughs> <laughs> not wrong just early <laughs> but yeah I mean it was one of those games where it's like all right give Bosa like a good like good traction and he'll be able to make plays. I was so I I almost led the podcast with this as like part of a bit. I got up to the press box after the the post game stuff and looked at the field. They played on rain. It was a rainy, wet day. I didn't see a single divot on the field. And I was like, you know, we were on the field pregame and it's like, man, the field looks great. Like I didn't see. Did you see anybody slip during the game, or I was like, "Oh, it's wet." The only thing I noticed about it being rainy was a couple times when guys got tackled, turf was like all up in their helmets. Yeah, there were some points where it was raining hard, but it never looked like a rain game, which, mm-hmm. like, you know, I thought was interesting given given the history of the Levi Stadium field and how bad it was in the early yeah. seasons. Now it's like I think as good as it could be. Yeah, very good track. I think related to that, Jeff Wilson Jr. looked like a different player. Completely different. And Ty Davis Price had a few runs where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he was there. So I had a tough time with that because there were a couple plays where he just got swallowed up immediately, like nothing he was going to do about it. The the run blocking wasn't great for a lot of the run, a lot of the game, particularly in the second half. But they ran it 45 times, which is nuts. (laughs) But yeah, Davis Price had a couple runs where it's like, oh, he looks like a dude. Like he he had a couple of really impressive runs. The one where he juked Quandre Diggs in the open field, yeah, was really nice. I think that was his twenty yarder. Yes, but yeah, he he looked good. Jeff Wilson Jr. looked a lot better, and it was just it was such a it was one of those things. I I didn't I don't want to say I felt dumb because you and I talked about the running back situation a lot. It was a question mark because what's Davis Price look like? Does Jordan Mason play and what does he look like? And is Jeff Wilson just washed after <laughs> that game in Chicago? It's like, is he just not effective anymore? But it's like, oh, yeah, this is a Kyle Shanahan offense. They get production from whoever. And I thought Wilson looked explosive and more decisive, stronger. I still think they need the interior of the offensive line to be better. Just it needs to improve. Just like as the season goes, it needs to get better because there, there are going to be teams that sell out to stop the run, particularly now that it's Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo and like the Niners aren't going to take the top off the defense at the same level. Teams are just going to load the box and it's going to put a lot of pressure on the 49ers offensive line to mm-hmm. win their battles and create lanes for guys because mm-hmm. like the, it's going to be tough sledding for them to run the ball as 
you know, 45 times every week. There were there were like three or four plays today where it was like running back tackled as soon as they got the ball. Yeah. And that that's getting into second and 14 instead of second and six. Like that's a that's a drive killer. So. Yep, I agree. They outgained them 373 to 216. Debo Samuel really good game. Did Debo game. Yeah, not a great Debo game, but not like he had a, a like two or three plays or like, damn, like he's the only guy in the league that can do that. Yeah, the one I think it was, is it 51 yard? It was it is 51 yarder where he juked the defensive end or the he linebacker. Fit, yeah, he made like 15 guys miss on that play. That was unofficial. Unreal. So he had a 51 yard run. Do you know how many yards he finished with on the ground? 54, 53. Yeah. What an idiot. Five catches for 44 yards. Um, yeah, I just... I don't know. I'm very curious to see how... Maybe it's just same old 49ers. Maybe there's gonna it's going to be 2019 49ers again. Might be. It would be, it would be interesting for content, for sure. I still think their defense has the upside to be the best in the league. Yeah. Particularly when Jimmy Ward comes back. Um, the DJ Jalice interception is in the running for one of the worst passes I've ever seen. So in all right, let's game. talk about let's talk about that. Okay. As that play was developing, it was so immediately clear what they were doing. And I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, you just gotta eat that. Like you, you, as the running back, you just fall down. But then he tries to throw it to a covered receiver. And then just horribly underthrew it to the cornerback who was also standing around in coverage. What was it? It was, it was reminiscent of that Ronnie Brown play in 2011 in Philly, where he just like threw the ball up in the air because he didn't quite know what to do with it. That's what that looked like, and they did it in the red zone. And that's how you know the Seahawks aren't very good. <laughs> Because Pete Carroll, because Pete Carroll and the offensive staff looked out at the Niners' defense, looked in at their own offense, and went, "I know what play is going to work. Can we just line up and have DK Metcalf win at the line of scrimmage? No, no, no. Tyler Lockett, not a chance. Rashad Penny, our former first-round pick, you want to get him involved? No. Let's get DJ Dallas running right, throwing back across his body. That's what we need." they'll never see it coming only they all saw it coming i really despise the wildcat just in general like never understood it because it's like okay you have your running back under center or behind center to take the snap 95 percent of the time the running back just runs it right like imagine a quarterback going up to the line of scrimmage and being like hey defense there's a really good chance we're going to run it here. Because that's essentially that what you're... On the backfield. What's that? Nothing. I was being funny. Okay. So that's essentially what you're doing. But you're also, if you do ask them to pass, you're at risk of doing something like DJ Dallas did and a guy who's, I don't know if he's ever had a pass in an NFL game. I can't imagine he has. I don't think so. So you're, you know, <laughs> it's like... It just... <laughs> 
Yeah, that was that every was wildcat odd. play is meant to set up a little like pop pass over the middle. Like that's what you you run for no gain or one yard or a loss of one 20 times. So that one time your tight end leaks over the middle as everybody crashes down, you're running back and just lob it up to them. Yeah. But they just never get there because the Wildcats so useless otherwise. Unrelated, a stat that I just uh, looked up because I realized that it felt different than last week. One penalty for 26 yards. Yeah, it was the Emmanuel Mosley PI. Yeah. Yeah. They played, it was a different team. Turns out when you're not allowing teams to convert third downs without actually earning it, you have a better chance at winning. Look at that. Seahawks, Seahawks had 10 penalties for 106 yards. Um, Trey Greenlaw, and this was the weirdest, maybe low-key the weirdest part of the day. After Dude. all that happens, the 49ers lose their starting quarterback to a broken ankle and delay his development another year. And it's like, what, what just happened? And then immediately after the game, sitting in the press conference room, seeing Twitter and be like, breaking news, Dre Greenlaw, two-year contract extension. Hey. Like, well, my, I'm, right. I'm, I'm doing posts. My contributor texts me and he goes, I'll grab the Greenlaw news. I was like, what? Is he like, hurt? What <laughs> and he goes, he goes, extension. And I'm like, he hyperextended something? Like, when did that happen? He's like, no, he got a two-year contract extension. Like, what? <laughs> did they did they leak that on accident? Like, quick, get a news dump out there. I don't think the Niners leaked it based on oh, not, okay. that one sense. or two conversations I had post-game. I think, I mean, it was something from my understanding that was in the works all week. And the 49ers were going to make official tomorrow. But the timing of it is very odd because of what happened. Greenlaw played like shit in week one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, his stock's low. Time to sign him before he raises that price. (laughs) Hey, shout out to Greenlaw. Greenlaw was much better today. Yeah. He had a very good game. He was. Um, Yeah. We got the Wishnowski extension on Friday. Just right before the Cooper's event. Yeah, just, I mean, it was like chef's kiss. We have, we have Mitch Wishnowski news to break down right ahead of our, our Cooper's event, which is great. Really good. Um, We had, you had the Trey Greenlaw extension after like the (laughs) catastrophic franchise quarterback ankle injury. (laughs) I love the idea of the Niners. Just like they have this stack of news dump material. They're like, just get something out. I don't know. <laughs> it's Friday at 530. <laughs> We're going to miss the deadline. We already did the Wisnowski one. Get the Greenlaw stuff out there. <laughs> we got to change the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but the, the Cooper sponsorship is is through. We had a great time on Friday. It, it The conversation went a little different than we were expecting it got spicy it got a little spicy but i think it was a conversation that needed to be had i don't want to elaborate too much on it but you should probably ask around shout out to damian barling for just being the goddamn goat (laughs) (laughs) damian man like he was he was the mvp of the the panel for sure yes it's not even close yeah it was it was to tracy and brian too even before the idiot started yelling 
Damien was the MVP, but yeah, Brian, Brian and, and Tracy were, were terrific. And shout out to our guy, Steve Berman <laughs> for hopping up. <laughs> brought the takes, um, which were not invalid. I will say they were it was a hundred percent valid take that he had. Yeah. And for we're going to, sure. we're going to schedule it next year. This is an annual thing. Um, yeah, second we're go- annual. We're going to schedule it next year to make it a little bit easier for people to come. Um, the crowd was great, uh, and I think there were more people than last year, but it was like one of the situations we had was with the panel, aside from Mayoko getting COVID, which was obviously not ideal. He didn't go to the game today. That was the first time I've been to a game and Mayoko wasn't there, which is kind of jarring, but I think he's feeling better. Um, so shouts to him, friend of the pod. But, you know, I, we had the the issues with the panel was like, all right, people have to work late in Santa Clara and then asking them to sit through barrier traffic all the way up yeah. to Santa Rosa is like not ideal. So we'll make it work next year to where everybody can come and we can have a bigger panel like we did the first year and yeah. uh, more, more giveaways, more autographs. Shout out to the Roto Empire food bank. Um, raise some money for them. They were great. Shout out to Shanna. She was awesome. Dude, but it was a shout out time. to the Redwood Empire Food Bank for clearing out faster than I've ever seen a thing get cleared out. <laughs> like, we I got went the to cash, go like, let's go. <laughs> I went to go like say hi and like thank them and stuff. Their table was gone, all their stuff was gone, and the event had been over for like four minutes. Yeah, they got out of there. They got the cash and bounce, man. Sufficiency, dude. No, but it was good. It was it was really fun. Um, it was you know we're gonna do that every year, like I said, and uh. And yeah, man, shouts to Cooperage, shouts to Tyler, shouts to Cal, shouts to Charlie. Even Amanda who's not technically an employee. She was she was making sure we had, yeah, but she we was had beers on stage. In, dude. Yeah, she was heckling too, which was like cool, but also like, hey Amanda, like, you know, you don't have a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was a good time. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it very much. So shouts to everybody. We're really excited about the Cooperage sponsorship. So we're gonna come up with some bit ideas to make sure that they get a little bit more shine because um, it's one of those, you know, it's one of those sponsorships where you like you like those people and what they represent and what the, you know, what the product is. Obviously, we love yes. the beer. So go get the Coop, uh, the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from Cooperage. It's still available on their website, I'm sure. And if you're if you're sitting there and you're like, I want to try something else, I'm going to get some Candlestick Chronicles. But what else should I get? Keg Slayer. Yes. Kingslayer is hands down, not even just this has not, it's one of the best beers I've ever had. If you're a West Coast IPA fan, it's right up there with anything for sure. It's unbelievable. And they have all types of beer. They have really good pilsners, they make sours, um, they do wheat beers, they have lagers. It's not just IPAs. They're obvi- obviously right. their IPAs and their pale ales and their hazies are really, really good. That's my type of beer that I enjoy because I wear flannel sometimes um and have facial hair i wear a lot of flannel so. <laughs> but yeah it's 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 really good craft beer all up and down there you know all, all up uh, and down the flavor spectrum dog friendly venue dog friendly venue a lot of frenchies it warmed my heart to see some so Frenchies again. many frenchies in yeah. the building it was great yep and just elite vibes at that brewery too yep of course good outdoor seating good food they, trucks they have a big fan inside like when it gets warm like the the air is constantly moving high ceilings you're a big fan of the fan i love yeah you know what i have my ceiling fan behind me it's not on and i just noticed it ceiling i'm wondering why i'm feeling a little uncomfortable giant cooperage fan joe fan (laughs) 
Those are your top three fans. So mm-hmm. Joe is my favorite fan. No, he was number three. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. By significant margin. Okay. Oh, yeah. Difference. Going backwards. Yeah. I mean, I have a ceiling fan above my bed and like, look, I love Joe fan, but the ceiling fan above my bed impacts my life way more regularly <laughs> than Joe does. <laughs> totally. See if the ceiling fan will get on the pod. Um, I don't have anything else to say about this game yet. All this crazy Niners stuff happened and we're like, yeah, their chances of winning the Super Bowl are probably the same. <laughs> right. Well, that was always the thing with the Jimmy. The Jimmy restructure is like, okay, like in theory, I get it. It's going to make it a lot harder for Lance. And it's going to make for some awkward conversations and potentially some awkward moments. But um, if he gets hurt, they're in a pretty good spot. And he got hurt. And he got hurt. And they're in a pretty good spot. So. Yeah, Denver next week. Gonna be a good game. We'll break it all down. Yeah, I need to rewatch. I the that watching that game was so weird after Lance got hurt. It's tough. Like as when, when you're like writing and working the game, it's way more difficult to watch the game as closely as you would like to. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta get a rewatch for sure. Yeah. Grind the tape. Back in the lab. Back in the lab. All right, subscribe, rate, review if you haven't already. Make sure to buy. Cooperage, Candlestick Chronicles, or whatever else you fancy from their vast selection of beer. And subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. We get to. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs. From technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.